Businesses tend to focus on revenue, profits, and getting loyal customers. But how about healthy workplace culture? You're listening to How I Turned the Corner, where Kendra Prospero leads eye-opening conversations that most business leaders avoid. The right way to address employee challenges. Listen to real-life stories of workplace struggles, giving you valuable advice on what must be done to make every employee truly satisfied and fulfilled in their job. This is for leaders who want to create great company cultures and for employees who want to do something to put an end to suffering at work in the most practical ways possible. Here's your host, Kendra. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a CEO or leader that doesn't say that they want to grow their leaders. We all want that. It's easy to say a statement like that, but it's a lot harder to do. It's like getting in shape or eating healthy. I mean, we know we need to do it, but do we actually do it? And how do we do it? And then how do we sustain it? Well, Vikas Karana, the president, co-founder, and CTO of Intuitive Digital based out of Las Vegas, is growing his leaders for real. He's our guest today and walking the talk around leadership development. He's the kind of leader that sees that his job is to grow people, to help his company and help his employees. When you've turned the corner and done this well, your employees will eventually leave and go on to bigger and better jobs because you helped them get there. And that's a good thing. He has incredible stories about people that he's grown and that he's still in community with, even though they don't even work for him anymore. Vakas Karana, welcome to How I Turned the Corner. Thank you for the invite. And I think we share mutual stories and we share mutual aspirations in terms of growing leaders. And I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much. So I would love to start off by having you tell us, retell me the story of Laura from LA, the gal that you brought in. What, tell us that journey and what this was like, how you grew her. Absolutely. I think uh, Laura is definitely one of them. I think what we have done at Intuitive is as we started on this journey, our goal was to give newcomers a break in terms of wanting to be part of the workflow field and looking at these people in terms of a growth standpoint and looking at them saying, okay, if you come in, what kind of a management style are you looking for? And in the old days, you were told what to do. And what we are looking for is people who will actually take initiative. So our interview process is less about what the person knows. It's more about the personality of the person and wanting to be a leader, wanting to take initiatives, wanting to belong to something bigger than what they have done so far. And Laura is the kind of person, that's what she was looking for. I think I never worked in any other job straight out of college. We brought her in as a, an intern kind of position. And she took it on herself to start learning things. And we're in the media industry. So part of our job profile is we do a lot of media buying for clients. She got interested in that and basically came forward and said, hey, you know what? Not only I want to just learn, I want to do a class. I want to do, I found this program at UCLA that, hey, it's a two-month program that allows me to learn about media buying. We paid for her to go attend that class. And she came after that class. She's actually been more productive. She's happy for herself. I always talk about a few other things that relate to Laura. One is work-life balance. Goal is to work smarter, not harder. It's not trying to burn midnight oil. It's more about, hey, we have eight hours. How do we effectively use it? And those eight hours don't need to be continuous. If you have something personal, 
do it because that's where Laura's journey was. Laura's journey was more about wanting to own something and we made her the owner of that task. And she's taken that task, not just to the finish line, but even above and beyond. And the way she's growing, I can tell you in two, three years when she's ready to fly from intuitive, I think she'll find herself in, in a massive situation where can, she can go knock on any door and every door will welcome her. Yes, for sure. And I just love that you have that perspective. I don't know, you know, so many leaders think that people are going to stay with them forever and they're not. I'd so much rather grow somebody and have them move on to a bigger and better job than to hang on to them forever and ever to the point where they're burning out or they're bored or their work is just not the kind of work they want to do anymore. That's not a good employee either. So it's such better perspective that you take to actually grow folks and expect that they're going to move on. Absolutely. And I think there's things that are related in that way is that when these people grow and move on and they have learned something from you, in the back of their mind, they know what we represent. So it's free marketing for us because they basically have moved on to other places. And when they go to other places, they contact us and say, oh, we still want to remain in touch. We want to do business together. So it actually becomes a, uh, an amazing referral program. Too. It's, it's not a negative that the employee left you and you worked on them, taught them. I think that mentality has to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've experienced that with, with my business as well, where we've had employees leave and move on to bigger and better jobs. And then they hire us <laughs> to come in and do their training or come in to still help them with projects. And I just love that. I think it communicates so much. It means that they cared for you and they think you're, you know, they like what you're doing. They like you as a leader and they appreciate what you did for them. So I think it's just one of those proof points that um, you've done a good job building somebody. I think we have stories like Laura and Laura is one of the latest stories, I would say in 22 post post pandemic, but even pre pandemic are one of our greatest CMs uh, came to us from the, manufacturing industry and he was uh, he never touched a computer from a standpoint of operating in life one uh, person who knocked on our doors was uh, a person who was doing pesticide spray but had the education but never got the opportunity and we laid out the opportunity and i can tell you that person took off was project manager for one of some large companies and after spending three years with us And that's what we can hope for. The growth is the biggest job satisfaction, I think, that we get out of it. And I can tell you that growth has now transpired into something very different. We started in 21. Definitely want to talk about it for a few seconds. We have now engaged ourselves with high schools. So we're no longer working with just colleges, University of Las Vegas and UCLA and we have now engaged with a local school as well in which we are looking at seniors. So we had a program last year which we took an intern from a high school and this year also we got an intern from high school that for them, it's a whole different world. The way they have six months of shaping them in a professional environment has changed their outlook on how they dress, how they talk, what professionalism they bring. And one of them I have to happy to report is now studying in ASU and still an intern with us because he's like, I don't want to leave this environment. This has been just an amazing journey. The other person who joined us this year is having an unbelievable time understanding a professional environment because he will never get exposed to that 
for another four or five years how much longer his education is going to be. So that actually has brought some new perspective to us that we can go in high school levels too, not just in colleges. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. We have some programs here in my area. They're called P-Tech schools. And it's where a company like yours possibly sponsors a, a, a program that's also delivered through the community colleges. And so they end up, this the high school kids end up with a diploma and an associate's degree and work experience all through this program. And it's really taken off here. So that's, that's amazing. I'd love to get you in touch with some of the folks here that have done that because that's kind of a unique model. No, and that I think, I think that is giving me more fulfillment from two angles. One, definitely. I have two young kids. So I have uh, one in uh, middle school and one in elementary. So eventually they're going to reach this place uh, in a few years. Setting this program up, I'm walking them through as well, saying, hey guys, look, this is what it is. And it's changing their outlook, their friends' outlook as we talk about this program in the community more and more. It's all about niche communities, making sure these words get out because exposure is one thing people don't have. And when they go into a traditional work environment and they're subjected to a traditional job interviews, traditional things, I think in 2022, we cannot talk about that way of doing business. You, you said it rightly when you opened in terms of people are no longer, I would say, slaves of employers. They need to have ownership and stake in those areas of where they work. I think you will see a better response from employees if they own something versus them being told what to do. And that, I think, is our intuitive culture. And I think we would never give that up. There is one thing to be said about bigger companies, and I think we should say that out loud. I always say to some of the employees that we deal with, hey, Intuitive is a startup. You know, we're 52 people strong, but it's still a startup, right? Very seven and a half years, very startup mentality. So for us, every employee is a name. As you grow and bigger company from name, when you go into companies like Google and Twitter and all these big companies, you become a badge number. Mm. And you're no longer, the cultures in, as the organizations go bigger and bigger, it becomes more departmental culture. It's not the company culture. And that's where I think you're seeing some of these loose balls in which hiring and firing is happening. Even though Facebook founders said very clearly, it's my responsibility, the buck stops at me. Or what the buck doesn't stop at him when he fired 10% of his employees when those people have to go figure out how to feed their kids and how to figure out how to buy Christmas presents if the buck didn't stop at him. He does not understand the consequences of hiring without figuring out where the business is. And that's where I think the biggest challenge in today's hiring process is when we hire a person, we look at the future, how we are putting business together, how our sales is becoming effective. Now, obviously, things can change, but you have to keep those things in mind. When companies hire and they are just employee numbers instead of actual people, we're seeing that hiring is happening and they're not letting go sometimes because of the workfare environment. Or there's less people to hire. Well, let's just keep them on the staff. Well, certainly now everybody's letting go of the additional staff that they hired because of government programs that were there or whatever might be the situation, these people did not resize the business at the right time. And instead of our shedding bulk of people 
And that not only affects the communities around them, but that affects people who are graduating next year. So the consequences of somebody coming on a video chat with his employee saying, oh, the buck stops at me, I'm responsible, does not understand the consequences that they're causing, not only in the local community, but college students who are passing out, who are looking for opportunities the following year and the years to come from that. Mm -hmm. So we need to consider all of those things together when we are hiring people. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. And I think another point that you you bring up that I want to highlight is that when coming back to your high schoolers and bringing those folks in, you're not only exposing them to a work environment and teaching them about the what it means to be a professional, you're also giving the future employers a gift of them for them because now they have been taught how to have a job. And also, though, with the point you just made, you've also set a whole new expectation. And I really commend you for that because you've now set an environment where they had this great environment with you. And then if they do move on to another organization that's bigger and they're more a badge number as opposed to a person, they're going to always reflect back on this time that you gave them and want that and demand that. So, you know, keep pushing for that, even if they move into those bigger companies, because I think it will eventually drag through the big companies, too. I hope at least. Absolutely. And I think it will. And I think what we also see is the newer generation. And even I I think we never gave a chance to the older generation, but you will see recognition is everything. People thrive on recognition. Recognition for everybody is different. So, but the word is recognition. So somebody likes to be bought a gift of a lunch. Somebody likes to be recognized with money. Somebody that would recognize just on giving them uh, kudos in front of the entire staff. I think what these people are also learning is that there is motivation available. It's not a constant sorrow. It's not a constant downward angle. Oh, you didn't do this. Do Will they mistake mistakes? Absolutely. Rookies will always make mistakes. But understanding the mistakes can be made and understandings and putting systems for them to learn from their mistakes is what the culture needs to be instead of beating them down always and saying, oh, you did this wrong, which is what I think if we talk about five or 10 years back, I think the culture was very different. And we still hear from organizations that the culture is very cutthroat, very different. And I think giving them this environment hopefully will create the future for other employees not to do that. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned when we when we talked before about having a very flexible culture. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how that's supported some of your younger, especially your younger employees and, and maybe even your older employees? Oh, absolutely. And I think it works well, even for the older employees. Uh, I'll give you an example. I think after COVID, we've all learned. So one of the things we have done immediately is, hey, uh, even as they have come back, it's a one day of choice of work from home if they want to. Not everybody takes it, which is the surprising part. Some people just like the country of just getting together. So a lot of these people are coming together even on the day they want to take off. But now they have the flexibility. Somebody has to take their kids to a doctor's appointment. You got a plumber coming in for doing some work at your home. Whatever that might be, it gives them that flexibility. The other thing that we always believed in one thing, which was very real, is if you are asking for time off and we say no, the corresponding answer is your mind is not a job. Your mind is where you were supposed to be at that time. So my productivity level has already gone down. 
Now, I'm not trying to tell leaders that, oh my God, this is just, you should wash it off and go and let everybody be off all the time. There's deadlines. There is things that need to be achieved. They're clearly communicated. And as long as employees are able to commit and make those things happen, I don't think we should have any issues being flexible enough to give them those times that they think they need to be with their family, friends, or whatever profile of job that they need to do. Because I think that creates a culture in which they think this is they can trust somebody and they can rely on somebody when time is needed for them to be off. Mm-hmm. But not, but make sure you also communicate deadlines and make sure you also communicate the needs of the business clearly. And that's why I talk about being owners, because if they are owners, they know what needs to get done. You'll be surprised they'll work on a Saturday and a Sunday because they needed to go somewhere on a Monday. And the productivity level is actually higher instead of being lower. Mm -hmm. That's been my experience too. Yeah, we have a very, very flexible environment at my business. I don't know where anybody is right now. I don't even know where they're located in some cases because they just go wherever they feel like, but they get the results. They get the work done. Have you always been like this as a leader or did you have to go through some work to get to this point? Oh, a lot of work. I would say a lot of work. I think leadership for me has been a constant learning battle. I've made my own mistakes. I just have to admit those. I came from the traditional media background. So you got to understand, I was in the middle of the downturn of the newspaper industry and had to go through a lot of different ways to do cut jobs. Maybe that's the right way to put it or figure out ways to do things slightly more efficiently. The leadership style that is required for some of those areas was different, which is what made me realize over the years. And my style has changed. And the reason it has changed is because of that, that I went through some of those things, understanding what it means to be a leader, understanding. So yeah, there was a massive amount of transformation. Nowhere, form or fashion, I can say I was like this on day one. But yeah, looking at people, understanding them, definitely has made a big impact on how I look at things now versus I would say 10, 20 years ago. Uh That's great. So what were some of the things that you did to help kind of transform yourself? Was it books? Did you get a coach? What did did you do? So I, I think it was multiple things. I would say basically trying to figure out a mentor who I can talk to in terms of this of uh, selected industry level mentors in terms of being able to approach them and see how they would have solved these problems and how I was looking at them definitely made a big impact. And my biggest connection, even early on, even when early on was always connection with the employees themselves, I would say that always stayed with me. I think that connection was always there. It's just I never utilized it in a different way till later on in my life. What I mean by that is I would always sit with them at lunch. I would always sit with them and understand their difficulties. But before I could figure out how to solve their difficulties, my always focus was how to solve for the business. And few things led to me making changes that I could solve their difficulties that automatically led to business resolutions, started making my thinking change that if I just focus on fixing them and helping them, I think business will take care of itself. And it did. It was, that's where I think the, and there was multiple touch points in that journey on how that happened, but that's how I saw the changes happen for me. 
That's beautiful. So you would get together with them and listen to what their problems were and help them solve it. And they probably built a lot of loyalty too. Yeah. And I think initially it was not the case because they saw me as a threat because my understanding could have led to a weakness and basically just trying to get the job done. And as it changed for me, and I can attest on multiple people now, I literally had to pick up myself, walk to their office and apologize to them in their face and say, it was a learning curve for me. If I would have done this way, and I think I can tell you some of them are still with us and some of them who left me because of the reason I, I, I wish I could apologize to them. But I think that was a learning curve for me internally and change in my leadership, which I'm very proud of. I think working with UNLV students now for the last five, six years, working with a lot of interns, giving a lot of new people a chance has opened that door for me. Mm, that's great. Yeah, I have this sign behind me that says, I am not the leader I need to be a year from now but I will grow. <laughs> so well, you, know, it's, you just never know what you're going to hit and what mindset challenges you're going to have. And I find a lot of leaders who don't feel comfortable with that kind of flexibility and don't feel like they can do that really have a lot of issues around trust. And when they can start trusting their employees more, it just creates a safety for everybody and work does still get done. And then it enhances the trust. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think there's cliche terms in our society these days. Some of them are open door policy. Every organization uses that word. Yeah, I know. What does it really mean? Well, it really means that you and me are having an interview on a podcast and my door is open right now. The door has never closed. I could be discussing company financials and if somebody wants to walk in, they can walk in. It just It is what it is. And I think in truly sense, what does the open door policy mean? What does it mean to be open, honest, and direct? Sometimes people hear me talk about something negative. They're like, you need to close the door. I'm like, no. What I'm saying, I would say it in front of that person. I would say behind that person. That is the reality what I'm discussing. And if that person wants to see it on the table, they're welcome as well. Because what we are discussing is how to solve that problem. We're always not negatively discussing how to take somebody out of picture. What we are discussing is how to solve that problem and how do we look at the future. Mm, that's great. Well, so so is there any final things you'd like to share with our listeners about this journey you've been on and, and how you're designing things differently? I think one of the big things I would say from an intuitive standpoint, I think, and even for anything that most likely I'll do in the future, for me, making sure we can create a work-life balance, in my opinion, is number one, not just to make a statement out of it, but actually create an environment in which Stress is something that we don't bring into picture. And the way that is done is by clearly communicating expectations to the employees as well as to clients. Because what happens is when you overcommit to clients, you will put pressure on your employees to overdeliver. And that's where stress is. So creating an environment in which clear expectations are communicated and give recognition where it is deserved all the time, every day. So we have calls that we do, for example, like we have all hands calls every week. And the call is just to give kudos 
and thanks to people within teams who worked and interoperated. Initially, it was hard. People would not speak. And it was us giving kudos to people. But once people started interacting, I think we clearly see so many kudos coming out that sometimes we have to say, okay, it's a one-hour call. Guys, you all did amazing. Great job. But that, I would say, is something that other companies, if they follow, I think will be very, very successful. Oh, that's great. I love that. We have that same thing. Our first our first kind of half hour of our team meeting every week is is just shout outs and they just keep getting longer and longer, but it's the most beautiful thing to watch. So I have a very hard time saying, okay, and moving on now to the agenda items. <laughs> no, weekly call is only for kudos and shout outs. We do once a month employee call and we talk about actual specific agendas. So it's birthdays, it's shout outs, and you'll be surprised. By the end, the shout-outs and kudos are done. They've actually covered the entire agenda. They have talked about every single project, whether it's internal or with clients that we are doing. They don't understand, but they are giving updates without giving updates. (laughs) That's a great way to switch that. I like that a lot. (laughs) Well, I think on that note, I think we should end the interview there. That's just a great way to end it. So, Vikas, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your insight. We really appreciate it. And I know this is going to be helpful and I hope open some minds up around continuing to have that more flexible culture, as well as thinking a little bit more about growing, truly growing leaders and and walking that talk. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining this exciting episode. We hope this discussion brings you closer to a better, healthier, and more rewarding workplace everyone deserves to be a part of. If you want more content like this, be sure to subscribe to the podcast at turningthecornerllc.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to share this with your friends in the corporate world. And together, let's make this space a hub of growth and job satisfaction. If everyone loves where they are, they can always give their best without regrets. That's all for now. See you on the next one.